Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Hey, Fox River friends. I am so glad that we have the opportunity to be able to gather how we are today. If you haven't yet downloaded the Fox River app, there's notes that I have made for the talk that we're doing today. There's also the scripture references that are in there that may be able to be a help to you as well. We are talking about finding normal. One of the reasons we're doing that is just because normal as we know it has been so disrupted or in some cases, it's just been blown up. But that's not the only reason. Another reason that we want to talk about finding normal is because God has so much to say to us about it and help for us, which if we don't know, it won't be able to help us that way. Last week, we started off with two promises with regards to finding new normal. The first was this. God said, I have a will for you in your new normal. So important that we, that we know that and are aware of that. The second promise he gave was this, that if you seek me, you'll find me. He said, I want you to know that I will be with you in your new normal. And if you will open yourself up to me, you will not be disappointed. And we want to add to those two promises this week, perspective in finding normal. As I set this up, I just want to ask you, would you consider yourself to be an individual who loves God, and is trying to follow Jesus? If so, just kind of put that in the chat right now. If you're not there, no problem. I hope you'll just curiously follow along with us because we're going to look at a place and in the Bible, we have people that are genuinely God followers and passionate about it as well. They are going to look at the exact same situation, the exact same new normal, but we are going to see two completely different reactions or responses to it. I want to share from Ezra chapter 3, beginning of verse 11. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because... The foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. The foundation for the temple that was being rebuilt has just been completed. But many of the older priests and the Levites and the heads of families who had seen the former temple wept out loud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sounds of weeping because the people made so much noise. The sound was heard far, far away. Now, what is happening here? Quick history. The nation of Israel had been conquered by the Babylonians. They had been taken captive into their land, yet God had given them a promise. After seven years of captivity, I will bring you back and restore you to your land. That's exactly what had happened here. God had amazingly and just wondrously kept his promise. And now the nation of Israel was back as a sovereign nation. First thing they did upon returning to their land was to go and to rebuild the temple. Now, this is so much more than just like rebuilding a church at that time, because the temple was literally the soul of the nation. The temple was the place for um, gathering around community with God. 
So once this had been completed, the foundation was now laid, we, we are looking at these two very, very different reactions to the exact same circumstances. The scripture just told us that one group of people looked at it and they just began shouting for joy. They were dancing in the streets. The other group, when they saw this, they fell down on the ground. They were weeping and wailing out loud. What was the difference? The difference, and this is going to be so important for us and where we're living right now, was that one group was focused on the past. They were looking at what is now against what they thought of with the old normal. Now, again, they weren't completely in tune with that because what they'd forgotten was that God had wondrously restored them to the land and he'd actually provided all the resource for this rebuilding of the temple. But in their mind, this was not what the old was. The other group of people were looking at that same foundation and they were looking at it with a forward focus. And they saw, look what God is beginning to do now. Think about all that God is going to do. And the difference between those two focuses made all the difference. This perspective made all the difference in the world. God wants us to be forward focused. Now you may say, Guy, where does God, where does God tell us that? And actually, I was hoping that somebody would actually ask that question. I want you to go, if you have a Bible with me, or look into the notes in Philippians chapter three. The apostle Paul is speaking into the situation right now of a normal that was very, very difficult, a new normal that he was facing and that these people individually were facing as well. And because he had had normal disrupted so many times in his life, he's able to speak with wisdom and conviction to this. Here's what he said. Verse number 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I'm still not at all what I should be, but I'm bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ Jesus did for us. Now, what I wanna do is take a few minutes and just kind of open up, make sure that we understand what it is that Paul is laying out right here and then take the time to make sure that we are able to apply this in our lives for the perspective that is going to, again, make all the difference in the world to us. Paul started out with those words. He said, this is what I'm doing. I am intentionally forgetting what is behind me. Now, Paul isn't saying that he is just wiping the past out of his memory, like electroshock, as if that were possible for us to do. Paul isn't saying, I'm not thinking about the past, the good things that happened, the lessons that I've learned that way. What Paul is saying this, I am making a continual choice. And the verb here says it's an over and over decision that's being made. I am making the continual choice that I am not going to live in the past. I am not going to live in the past as if I were not a forgiven one by Jesus. Now, this is so important for us. One of the problems that we often make in our lives is that we 
who have received Jesus and have had our sins forgiven, the shame that we've carried. He said that it's been cleansed by his blood. We live as if that wasn't taking place. We live as if we're not forgiven. We live as if God is viewing us through the eyes of the past, the eyes of our failure, the eyes of our shame. And when we do that, it keeps us from all that God, from what Jesus wants for us to be experiencing in our lives right now. If you're there, if you just kind of keep going back to the past and past failures that you've been forgiven for, Jesus would say this, take me at my word. You are forgiven and I want you to live like a forgiven one with the full freedom of that. Paul also though, was speaking not just to, I am not going to live in the past, that is the past of my sin and failings, but he also said, I am not gonna live in the past of the blessings and achievements that I've accomplished either. Fox River this year, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary. We have seen God do some truly amazing things through our church. There have been, no exaggeration, thousands and thousands of lives that have been touched and have been impacted by Jesus here. Personally, as I follow Jesus now for a number of years, I can say that I have experienced the living God in my life. I have, I have watched in his working and experienced his blessing in my life. And it is very tempting to live in the joy and in the glory of the past. It takes no faith to do that whatsoever. Paul is saying with great intentionality right here that the more, you see, the, the more blessing, the more that you've seen God do in the past, the greater the temptation is for us to live there. And that's what he's just like warning us off. Don't fall into that trap of being past focused. Instead, he said, look at the next phrase. He said, I press or I focus on what is ahead. And when Paul uses the, the, the terms right here, um, the picture and the energy that he's using in this is just kind of rippling off the page. He used the illustration of a runner in a race. Now, if you look at this picture, I mean, doesn't this picture just speak volumes to us? How there is the intentionality of working toward the finish line. I love Infinite Tucker and the 400 meter hurdle race that he ran. I want you to look at this with me and think about what Jesus is saying to us here through Paul. It's Grant and Tucker, one, two, A&M. They both clear the 10th hurdle without a problem. It's gonna be Tucker. Yes, he dives for the tape. He was second last year. He wasn't about to leave it on the track and he wins it. It's one, two, A&M and even more than that. 
Infinite Tucker was third ranked in the NCAA entering this weekend. He ran 49.78, improves drastically upon, upon that, seeing that he ran 49.38. Look at this battle down the home stretch. Think about what their practices are like. If they're battling like this on race day, you can see that Tucker just finds that extra gear as he clears that final hurdle down this stretch. And then look at this finish, diving. He goes Superman style across the finish line to get the victory. Doesn't this picture say it all? There is the intentionality that Infinite Tucker has of moving in that direction, of being that first one to be able to cross the finish line. He was forward focused in an unmistakable way. That's the word that's being used here. Epi-ec-ti-no. It is a word that means I am putting my all into moving forward. Now to what? Real quickly, what's the prize that is being described right here? There's actually two. The ultimate prize that we're to be keeping in focus or moving toward would be if you've trusted Jesus as your savior, you are going to stand before Jesus and give an account to him of how you have used your life and the opportunity that he's given to you in that. It is a time that Jesus desires for you to be a time of great reward. You see, how we're living our life now really does matter for eternity. And it is something that we need to keep a focus toward because as sure as we draw our next breath, this is something that we those of us that have trusted Jesus, are going to experience in our lives. But there's also an intermediate prize that's before us. And in Jesus' words, the intermediate prize is this, that we would live life to the full. And this forward focus is going to be essential for that. So here's what I want us to do. I want to just pause for a second. So we say, okay, that's what's been said. If we were to capture it, with a symbol and a word, this is what we do. And if you happen to be taking notes, I just encourage you to draw an arrow and then to put the word forward in it or forward right on top of it. I can't overstate how important this is going to be for us in our lives. And this, that God wants us to make sure that we're understanding, that this is going to be one of the keys to be able to experience that life to the full that Jesus wants for us. It's important practically, it's important theologically. Practically. Now, as a person that's married, so yes, I am married. If I were to ask you, what is more important for me? to be focused on the past or to be focused on the future with regards to my marriage to Denise. I think everybody would say it's more important to be focused on the, just go ahead and put it right in the chat and put in any other comments you wanna, you know, marriage advice that you wanna add to it in there. But I think we're all gonna agree. Oh, it's much more important to be forward focused. And that's good, I mean, that's solid theory, right? But if I were to keep it just a little bit more real, I'd say this, having been married to Denise for over 40 years, I can tell you that there have been just some really awesome times of kissing that's occurred. 
Now, when it comes to kissing, where do you think my focus is? Do you think I spend more time focusing on the past and the good kisses of the past? Or do you think that I am forward focused on the kisses that lie ahead? I can guarantee you, I am a forward focused individual with regards to this. You see, practically, this forward focus, it makes a huge difference in our lives. But I said it also, theologically, is of huge significance. And here's what I mean by that. God is the God of change. Specifically, God is the God of life change. God the Father sent his son Jesus into this world that he might bring change to individuals' lives. And those whose lives are changed might then bring change into the world. Let me say that again. God's plan was this, that he sent his son, that through Jesus and his finished work on the cross, that he could bring change to individuals like you, like me, and through those individuals, he would be able to bring change to the world. In fact, the only way that there will be change and lasting change in this world is when there is a change of heart within us. And that's exactly what needs to take place. In order to capture all that God wants us for in Philippians chapter three, we really need to add four more words to what we have right here. Now, the image, the symbol, forward, that's the perspective God wants us to have. But I'd like you to add to it, if you're taking notes, and if you're not, just write this down. Add to it with Jesus. Our focus needs to be, we need to be going forward, forward focused with Jesus. The difference between going forward with Jesus and without Jesus is a difference of night and day. We can be of self-help and say, forward focus is the way to go. And I think there are some benefits to that. But when you go forward with Jesus, there is going to be impact in our lives. In fact, the other two words that I want us to add, if you go forward with Jesus, the other two words to add in here are life change. You see, forward with Jesus will bring life change to us. In the Gospels, which are the historical records of Jesus' time on earth. Whenever anyone would come to Jesus looking for help, looking for um, what they needed um, in their lives, Jesus would give to them that help and grace. And every time a person received help and grace from Jesus, their life was impacted by it. And the impact in every single one of those lives could be summed up with this, life change. You see, Jesus didn't leave people the way that he found them. In fact, when we move forward with Jesus, we experience the blessing of life change. I just got to say it again. In fact, would you just put this out on Twitter right now? When we move forward with Jesus, we experience the blessing of life change. My friend Keith, first time he uh, said these words to me, it, I just stopped and then I laughed out loud. Keith said to me, he said, hey guy, I just want you to know that I'm becoming everything that I thought I never wanted to be. 
like, what'd you say? He said, I am becoming everything that I never wanted to be. And I am so thankful for it. You know what Keith was saying? Moving forward with Jesus had brought life change to him. In the group I'm in right now, over the, these last 10 weeks, we've had an individual that has shared their faith story each week. Amazing stories. I mean, anytime a person can talk about how they um, were found by God, they opened their life up to Jesus, so cool. But every one of the stories has this in common as well. When they move forward with Jesus, they open their life up to Jesus, there was a life change that had occurred within them. I would love it if you would share your story and just talk about when you found Jesus, but how has he impacted your life since that time? Again, you can you know, just put that into the chat or just email, email those to us because the more that we share these stories, I think the more glory that God gets through it as well. Now, why is this so? I hope this statement resonates with you. That Jesus makes life better. And he makes us better at life. Why does Jesus make life better and make us better at life? In part, it's because when we grow as a Christian, when we develop and we become a, a disciple of Jesus, what happens is this. A disciple is a person that's just becoming more and more like Jesus from the inside out. Did you get it? Christian growth is not about just learning, but it's about becoming more and more like Jesus from the inside out. And when we hear that, sometimes we go like, that's a little bit scary. I don't know if I could ever do that. You know, like, right? Like, Jesus, me, I'm not Jesus. But what Jesus wants you to know is this, that that his spirit, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is a spirit that's in you as well. And think about it. how would Jesus make your life better? Well, if I were to just to, you know, ask, would your life be better if you had more love, joy, peace, or patience? How about kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? All of these are just different attributes of Jesus, that the things that the Spirit of God wants us to be becoming in our lives. Becoming like Jesus would be growing in grace and growing in wisdom as well. You see, when you think about what was Jesus like and that life impact that he wants to have in us, truly Jesus makes life better and he makes me better at life. We ask the things, what does Jesus care about? When we begin to care about what Jesus cares about, you know what you're gonna find? That Jesus makes life better and he makes us better at life. Paul, that is the Apostle Paul, who's noted as in history, as history's ten, one of 10 most influential people of all history. When he wrote these words that we read today, had been following Jesus for 30 years. And he started out this way. Do you remember? He said, I'm not all that I can be yet. You know, if Paul wasn't everything that he could be yet, he knew that 
he needed to continue to move forward, not living in the past anymore, moving into the new normal that he was next before him with Jesus experiencing life change. If Paul needed it, and I can tell you, I need it. I think it'll be fair to say that you'll be able to say as well, I'm not everything I could be or should be yet. And so I need to be moving forward with Jesus. I could ask you today, for everyone that has opened your life up to Jesus, has he made your life better? Has he brought life change to you? I could ask you that, but I'm not gonna ask you that. I'm not gonna ask that this weekend. Instead, here's what I wanna ask you this weekend. In the last 30 days, have you been moving forward with Jesus? In the last 30 days, has Jesus brought life changes? Is there some way that you have become more like Jesus in the last 30 days? If so, what specifically would that be? Would you put that in the chat? Would you just kind of share that with those that you're at or in the watch party that you're in right now? If you've gotten stuck and you go like, I, I, I don't think I've had any life change in the last 30 days. The perspective that God wants for you is would you move forward again with Jesus and it will evidence itself in life change. Jesus said, mark it down, take it to the bank, take me at my word. That's what God wants for us. If you haven't received Jesus yet, I hope the thing that you've heard today is this, that Jesus makes life better and he makes us better at life because he can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He brings forgiveness with a broken relationship with God. Through his death on the cross and his resurrection, he not only wants to bring us into a living relationship with God, but he wants us to continue to be able to move and experience God's ongoing working in our lives. And Jesus wants that for you. And if you haven't trusted him yet, his invitation is, if you're ready, I invite you to come to me. I will take you just as you are. And I guarantee you, I will begin a personal working in your life as well. And your life will be better and you will be better at life. I wanna invite you to come to me with this prayer. First to receive Jesus, but then for all of us to come to Jesus again saying, I wanna open myself up to you and would you do your continued working in my life, Jesus? Let's pray. For those now that would say, Jesus, as best I understand, I wanna ask you for your forgiveness and for your working personally in my life. I don't know how it works. I don't know what all you'll do, but I truly want you. Just tell them that. Thank you, Jesus, for answering these prayers. And then for every one of us says a follower of yours to remember that we need to keep the forward perspective, straining, pushing to what's ahead because it's better and there's so much to be gained 
Help us to do this, Jesus, and to watch very closely for your working, evidencing itself in life change in our lives. We pray in your name. And all God's people said, amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.